0: This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. There are so many choices when it comes to selecting the right financial institution. Start with the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. We're right here in your city. We're also the official credit union of Temple University, and anyone who lives, works, worships, and studies in Philadelphia can open an account. We're member-owned and offer all the services you're looking for, like mobile banking and free ATM withdrawals. Visit our website at pfcu.com. We're not here for our profit, here for yours. Federally insured by NCUA.
1: Free speech lives here. Talk Radio 1210. WPHT. WPHT WPHTHD. WOGL. HD3. Philadelphia. Radio.com station. Now, from the Malamut and Associates Law Studios, it's good news in real estate. If you're a homeowner, if you're selling a home, or perhaps purchasing a home or vacation property, welcome to our home. It's good news in real estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Your hosts for the next radio hour, the mortgage mom, Deanne Katsaros, along with real estate veteran and owner-operator of the Philadelphia Real Estate Classes, Mark Cumberland. Your real estate education starts right now. It's Good News in Real Estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. All right. Good morning. Get ready to laugh and learn here on Good News in Real Estate on Talk Radio, WPHT 1210. I'm Mark Cumberland, along with the mortgage mom, Deanne Katsaris. How are you, Deanne? Fabulous, Mark. How are you? I'm very wide awake this morning. Oh, gosh. And we're very excited here to do We're going to be here every Sunday, 9 a.m., I'm going to bring you all kinds of information on the residential market, the mortgage market, commercial market, and you can give us a ring. My number is 267-266-5501. What's your number, Dean?
2: Mark, my number is 609-605-7153.
1: And we're just here to keep you informed, helping any way we can. You can listen to this show every Sunday, 9 a.m., and eventually on our website at goodnewsandrealestate.com. So what's coming up today, Dean?
2: Mark, what's coming up on our show today is we have the market report. Got one for you. We have our business tips with asking Dr. A. Yes. We also have Mark's funny story.
1: Got one for you.
2: We have our mortgage mom segment.
1: Which is?
2: Addressing your finance options.
1: I'm interested in that one.
2: No pun intended there. We also have our questions, Mark. If we decide to buy a new house and then the down payment will come straight out of what we earned off of our current house, how does that actually work? Good
1: question. Good question.
2: Next question is, my friend wants to purchase a house from his extended relatives, but the relatives need the money immediately. (laughs) Next question is, is there any way to hold a house for over 60 days? All right. And then we have an agent question. Does broom swept mean professionally cleaned? And Mark, there's many more questions we're going to discuss today, but we also have our topic of the day. Which is? Disclosing problems when selling your house.
1: You need to know that.
2: But Mark, first, give us your motivational quote.
1: The motivational quote is, people who don't take risks generally make about two big mistakes a year, and people who do take risks generally make about two big mistakes a year. (laughs) So you might as well take some shots, you know? (laughs) You're not going to get anywhere if you don't get off the dock.
2: (laughs) You got to fail forward. That's right. So where are we at, Deanne? Mark, we are up to the market report. And there's the bell.
1: So anyway, the market is in great shape. U.S. home building, and this is something we've been talking about for years, uh, all of a sudden, increase crossed across the board, a 13-year high in December, showing apparent recovery in the housing market. This is about builders. Right. Remember I used to say a long time ago that uh, we used to build a million houses a year, and then we were down to like 500,000, and it came up to 600,000 in 18, 19. Right. Now, it's up big time. New housing starts surged 17% in December.
2: Well, that's what I was mentioning to you on the last show. I mean, we had such an increase in December of 2019 from December of 2018, just yeah. for that month.
1: I know. So that annual rate of 1.6 million units, highest level since December of 2006.
2: That's amazing.
1: I don't even know if I remember 2006. <laughs> The housing housing market appears to be making a giant comeback supported by solid job markets a growing optimism, salaries going up. Demand for new homes has recently been fueled by the mortgage rates hovering near a three year low, not to mention a solid labor market, which has led to wage gains and gives potential buyers more money to spend.
2: And it's funny I just want to interrupt you on that point because a lot of people where I'm doing pre-approvals now yeah they're mentioning that they're going to get a raise in a month or a raise by March so it's very encouraging
1: I know and people are shopping around with job for jobs now because employers are willing to pay a little more money they the Fed cut the interest rates three times last year which helped lower the mortgage rates uh over year to year basis housing starts were up over 40% in December, which is really big, stocks were mixed, but we hit what thirty thousand for the first time Amazing. ever. Amazing! You know, I had I got a friend that I hang out with at this one bar, and he was going to cash in at 26, 000, twenty six <laughs> thousand, twenty twenty seven thousand, twenty eight thousand, twenty nine thousand. So I know he's going to now. He's going to wait for thirty thousand after they just signed, and then thirty EU, China, Mexico, EU, all that stuff. So the housing market makes up 3% of the U.S. economy, according to Reuters. Investment in housing markets rebounded in the last quarter after contracting contracting for six quarters, which has been the longest stretch since the recession of 2007 to 2009. So the big numbers, the largest share of the housing market, single-family-owned buying, rose 11% in December, highest level since June of 2007, and single-family housing starts increased in the Midwest, the South- while falling a little bit in the northwestern and, and the west some data showed but what to watch for the strong housing data comes amid rising confidence when people are happy people spend money sure the us home builder sentiment posted the highest back-to-back reading since 1999 wow that's how confident they are so december and january thanks to the increase in prospective home buyers better over sales outlook. I think 20 is going to be a banging year.
2: It already is. And I'm so looking forward to it. So speaking of banging.
1: Yeah. So what are the rates?
2: 30 year conventional 3.50%. Your 15 year 3.30 FHA 3.50 and jumbo and fix and all your arms are, have stayed the same. They're roughly around 3.78, 3.3.
1: It's unbelievable. These, These rates are so low. So if you're anywhere above now, where would you say, should you refi?
2: If you're above 4%, you definitely want to refinance. All right.
1: So with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate on Talk Radio, WPHT 1210. All positive, all the time. We'll be right back.
0: On behalf of the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union, we hope you're enjoying Good News in Real Estate with Deanne Katsaros and Mark Cumberland. After the break, and a message from Debt Free Living, learn more at WeHateDebt.com. Deanne and Mark will return with more, here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. All
1: right, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio WPHT 1210, all positive, all the time. So where are we at, Deanne?
2: Mark, we are up to your funny story. I got one for you, too. You always do.
1: (laughs) So this property manager dies, right? He finds himself standing in front of St. Peter, and St. Peter tells him, you have a choice. He goes, we're not sure what to do with you. You can go to heaven or you can go to hell. I suggest you check them both out before deciding. So he chooses to check out the hell first. So he goes down to hell, finds himself in the middle of the biggest party he's ever seen. People dancing, drinking, doing a limbo, all kinds of stuff going on. Everybody's laughing, having a great time. Next, St. Peter takes him up to heaven. He looks around. Everything's white and pristine. People are speaking softly about philosophy, mathematics. Others are simply contemplating and being very serene. He's bored in about five minutes. So St. Peter says to him, he goes, well, what do you want to do? You want to sleep on it and meet me back here in the morning and let me know what you want to do? And the property manager's like, all right. So the next morning, he comes back and says to St. Peter, he goes, you know what? Heaven's really nice and all. He goes, but hell look great. He goes, I decided I want to go to hell. So St. Peter puts him on the elevator down the hill. When he gets there, he sees Satan whipping people. There's fire everywhere. He's screaming. There are people screaming at pain. He goes over to Satan. He goes, Yo, yeah, what gives? I was here yesterday. I came here to check the place that everybody had a party. It looked like a great time. What happened? Satan looks at him. And he says, well, you used to be a property manager, right? So you want to know the answer to your own question. Yesterday, you were a prospect. Today, you're a tenant.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's great if you have a funny story you'd like to hear on our show send it to 8029 at comcast.net or give us a call at 267 266
1: and now it's time for the mortgage mom segment with the ann katsaris the mortgage mom and her topic today is addressing your finance options i got it right
2: you did get it right <laughs> you did get it right there's time there's yeah. time for you to still screw it up on me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. So tell me about this.
2: So there's so many different options for people. Everybody thinks it's black and white. I mean, just you and I have spoken many times. Everyone thinks to get a conventional mortgage, you need to have 20% down. A big myth. It is such a big myth. So I really just wanted to go over the different programs briefly so that our audience has an idea of what's available to them. Now, What's available to you, just because I'm going over these options, doesn't mean you can get it. There's things that you need to do to qualify for each of them. Number right. one, you know, learning the difference between getting pre-qualified and pre-approved is the number one issue that well, I personally have. I
1: remember have. the one thing that you always say is number one. You got to have a job. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I still get calls of people saying they're collecting unemployment and they want to know if they can get a mortgage. But I just quit my job.
1: Right. Can I still do it?
2: Yeah, the answer to that is no. <laughs> So the difference between getting pre-qualified and pre-approved is basically when you're getting pre-approved, you want to make sure that we have all your documents, your W-2s, your most recent pay stub, your 1040s for the past two years. And there's a whole list of items. But getting pre-qualified isn't really worth the paper that it's written on. It just right. means that you've told the loan officer that you have a job. And I grant make your 200 credit, grand a year. Right. When it's really going to be twenty grand a year, but no. But you want to make sure that when you're going out to shop for a new home, that all those other obstacles are taken out of the mix. Does it take a long time? No. If you're no. organized and you can get everything to us within a day or two, we can ha- sometimes have you pre-approved that same day.
1: Yeah, it doesn't take that long.
2: But there's four different types of loans that I wanted to go over today. And the first one is your conventional loan. Your conventional loan is is not only available as a primary residence, but you can purchase it as a second home and you can purchase it as an investment as well. Right. And whether you're doing primary, second home, investor, you're going to have down payment requirements that are going to need to be met. But as a primary residence, you can get into a home with as little as 3% down on a conventional loan.
1: I know. I, it's a far cry a from 20%. A lot of people do not, they don't know that. Right. Because the media doesn't talk about it unless they listen to our show. A lot of they all think 20% down.
2: Now, let's not forget the fact that when you put 20% down, the key to that is you don't have any mortgage insurance. There's no PMI. So
1: your monthly is lower.
2: Right. And there's ways to get around that as well. So you need to work with somebody that's going to educate you, talk to you and find out what your goals are, how long you're going to be in that house and what options are currently available. So there's also a loan limit that goes along with conventional. Right. For a single family home, it's $510,400. That was just increased <laughs> in 2020. And I know. this
1: is by county.
2: Can I just go continue ahead. with go my it, segment, go please? Go ahead, because <laughs> you're cracking up. I know. No, you're <laughs> I, I, it's just
1: bizarre that it's by county. Go okay. ahead.
2: So there's also seller contributions that can be applied towards closing costs. Right. Depending on how much you're going to put down, the seller can contribute up to 6% towards your closing costs. And then on your conventional side, there's gift funds that are allowed. It can be from a relative. It can be a nonprofit organization. Sometimes it can be from um, a college roommate, employer, things like that. So there's different guidelines for each individual person and what their credit score is and how much they're going to put down. The second most popular loan is your FHA loan. And that's through the Federal Housing Administration the minimum down payment required on your FHA loan is as little as three and a half percent. Right Now the difference between FHA and conventional is your FHA loan is only for a primary residence. Right, So we can't buy a second home and we can't do this as an investment property. So it has to be owner occupied. And again, there's loan limits <laughs> based on the county yes. and based on whether it's going to be a single family, a duplex, a triplex. The thing I love about the FHA loan is that we can get into a triplex, which is a three unit. As long as I'm going to live in one of the units, I can put three and a half percent down. Yes. I can get up to a 6% seller assist, and I can use the other two units as income. I can use 75% of that to qualify me for that purchase.
1: I just told a bunch of students that last week when I did a class, I said, don't buy a house. Your first move, right. buy a duplex, a two by two. Or a triplex, live for free and make money.
2: Right. And live in there for a year, maybe two years, get yourself established, and then you can you can convert that FHA loan into a conventional loan. Right. And then you can go purchase another home, which is going to be your primary residence, three and a half percent down. But we're using all that rental income to help qualify you and offset that particular mortgage, which I love. Yeah. So there's no prepayment penalty. None of these loans have uh, prepayment penalties. You also have your VA financing, which has become a very hot topic nowadays. The VA financing, you have to be a vet or active duty, 100% financing, no mortgage insurance, and depending on what your um, status is, whether you're retired, disabled, first time you're using it, you're going to have what's called a funding fee. Right. With the VA loan, again, only owner-occupied, and borrowers must be married to each other. So girlfriend and boyfriend going on the loan, we're not going to be able to use both incomes. We can just use the person that's receiving the military benefits. All right. Once again, loan limits. And they're going to follow your FHA loan limits. Um, again, 100% financing and that funding fee can be rolled into the loan amount as well. Last but not least is our rural housing. Um, and that's, again, owner occupied only. So. This is basically for a rural development. Um, you get a gallon of milk. I thought you when said you go rural,
1: to, royal. R- rural. rural.
2: <laughs> <laughs> there's no down payment required. Um, funding fee is 1%. There's a small monthly percentage that you're going to pay monthly, but not as much as you would on FHA loan. So there's a lot of details that go into all of these loans, especially with your FHA loan. You can basically do a rehab loan where you can upgrade Um, do some things that need to be done, whether you want to rip out the bathroom, do some landscaping, fix a pool. So all that information is available, and I'll be happy to go over all that with everyone. But just to give you a guideline, the most important thing that I wanted to go over today was that you don't need 20% down in Uh, order to purchase a home. No,
1: and that's a really big myth. It is. I ask the students in all my real estate classes all the time, How much do you have to put down? And I'm telling you, the majority of them think 20%. And then the news media comes on, they do the housing report. I saw one last week. And the guy, if you happen to read the newspaper, or if you happen to watch the news, which most of them don't, but if you do happen to see a a housing report, they'll say, oh, things are getting better since the Great Recession, and rates are low, and if you put 20% down, you can get a good buy. And I tell the students, well, If you're buying a two hundred thousand dollar house, how many friends you know that got forty grand in the bank plus closing costs? Sure. And they all go like nobody.
2: I mean, you can literally with that two hundred thousand dollar mortgage, the sales price is two hundred thousand, you can get a gift from mom and dad for three and a half percent down. You can get the seller to pay up to six percent of your closing costs, and you're basically coming to the closing table with a pen.
1: I I told the one I told him about that one I did with you and the guy I think it was two hundred twenty-five thousand dollars house, uh, a friend of a friend, and three bedroom, two bath, garage, Eagles den, and he needed four thousand six hundred bucks, and uh, and his mortgage was eleven $1, hundred a month. Yep. And the average one bedroom apartment citywide in Philadelphia right now just went up to from eleven $1, hundred dollars to fourteen hundred dollars. Yeah, it's cheaper to buy.
2: It's cheaper to buy, and it's a win-win. So. Before talking to Uncle Harry or your dentist about purchasing purchasing a house, give me a call. I'll be happy to go over all the op- the options with you. All right. So let's. Um, all right. Very
1: good. That was very good.
2: Thank you. Let's get into our question and answer segment.
1: All right. So what's the first question?
2: The first question is: If we do, if we decide to buy a new house, then the down payment will come straight out of what we earned off of our current house. How does that actually work?
1: Well, usually, that, you go to settlement on your sale of your property. It looks like this is the one thing that cracks me up with buyers and sellers. Like they think of, they put an offer on a property and then the sellers, you know, they're moving and it's like the stars have to align. And one day down the road, 40 days out or something, whatever, you're going to go to one settlement in the morning and another settlement at about an hour or two later. Right. And you're going to bring a check to the settlement table and they're going to use that proceeds check to for your down payment and your costs, and you're going to walk out with keys. That's right. And
2: It's very simple. I mean, there's some documents. It happens every day. It happens every day, and it's not that difficult to, no. to make happen. So you would just count the proceeds, do an analysis, know what you're going to get from settlement, yeah. and apply those funds, those proceeds.
1: When you list your house.
2: Or your current home.
1: Work it all out. You got it. What's the next one?
2: All right, current. Uh, question number two. My friend wants to purchase a house from his extended relatives, but the relative needs the money immediately.
1: Yeah, well, get pre- call you up, <laughs> get pre-approved very quickly.
2: They're going to need to wait about ten days if we're doing a conventional loan. They're going to need to wait about ten to twelve days before we can get them their money.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a certain amount of things you got to do, right? Unless there's cash, so otherwise, <laughs> get your every everything together done. What's the fastest mortgage you ever done?
2: Well, before Trid or after Trid. Because before Trid, when we had to wait all of those timelines, oh. the, cl- the fastest we ever did was four days.
1: Four days. Now yeah. what? You're around. You could do well, one. Well,
2: did. it's got to be 10, it, you know, it's got to be 11 days 11 because days. there's all those different segments that you need to. That's pretty fast. I it would consider that immediate. It is.
1: All right. What's the next one? Is
2: there any way to hold a house for over 60 days? I don't know
1: what they mean by hold a house for over 60 days. You I mean, mean, wait 60 they, days to they settle. Put sure. under agreement. Yes. You, you sure. just pick the date. Right. You know, and if the seller agrees, fine. But like, uh, that's not a big deal, 60 days. A lot of people, that happens a lot.
2: Yeah, but it can be done.
1: Yeah, it can be done.
2: Question number four Agent is asking Does broom swept meant professionally cleaned?
1: No, actually, in the agreement of sale in Pennsylvania and in Jersey, when you leave your property to the buyer, it's supposed to be broom swept, free of debris. That's the actual language doesn't mean it have to be professionally clean you can't leave all your junk behind but it has to be at least broom swept and free of debris basically that's it
2: got it all right so mark today we do not have a guest yes instead we decided to tell our audience a little bit about our story where we came from how wonderful you are (laughs) (laughs) so with that
1: all right so, with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio, WPHT
0: 1210. All positive, all the time. We'll be right back. Deanne and Marker, halfway through this week's edition of Good News in Real Estate, presented by Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. In a moment, more real estate news from around the Delaware Valley. But first, a word from one of our home team partners, REMAX and Alan Stassen, who's famous for being a Philadelphia real estate expert. Welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk
1: Radio, WPHT 1210, all positive all the time. So where are we at, end,
2: Mark, as I had mentioned, um, leaving the last segment, instead of having a guest today, I thought that we would be our guests. We could be our own guests. That's We're going to tell the audience a little bit about ourselves, where we came from, how we got here, you know, a little bit about our background.
1: I thought that was a good idea, too, because... Uh you yeah, know, nothing
2: like a little notice, though. Thanks. Uh, a
1: little, you know, info. So, anyway,
2: this all kind of happened by accident 11 years ago. So, let me just interrupt you for a second. Go ahead. We have roughly about 10 minutes to talk about you and I. All right. Are you going to talk for the whole nine and no. I get a minute? No, or are no, we going to no, interrupt? No. I'm just, just I'm checking.
1: Just, I'm just going to say <laughs> I got a response from our first show here at 1210 last week, and the guy said the show was phenomenal. It reminded him of Jay Lamont. And that's how this all started. By accident, I walked into a meeting and somebody from another station said, Jay Lamont's retiring. That was almost 11 years ago. And I asked the guy, how, uh, who's taking his place or what's happening? They said, I don't know. They said, why? Are you interested? And I said, well, maybe. <laughs> and like a week later or two weeks later, we were on a radio and didn't have a clue what we were doing, but we were on the radio. And then I met you, we I met you in the, right in the beginning. I you, was
2: asked to be a guest. Guest
1: you can uh, like in the very beginning like second show or something.
2: Yeah, and I was asked 2 hours prior to coming on the show.
1: Yeah, I remember you were a little nervous.
2: <laughs> I was a lot nervous.
1: <laughs> and then we've been together ever since. We have. And we've been at a couple different stations, but we've we've been consistent and we got recruited to 1210. They liked our show. And we try to keep the show very informative. And tell tell them what you do every day for a living. What do you do?
2: Can I say that on the air?
3: Yes.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Now, I am um, the branch manager for Green Tree Mortgage Company LP in Gibbsboro, New Jersey. And my branch is located in, in Philadelphia. I've been with Green Tree Mortgage since 2009. I was with several companies prior to. But Green Tree Mortgage Company LP is off the charts. I, if I left that company, I would be out of the business. So I basically have an opportunity to work with first-time home buyers, home buyers that are looking to downsize, um, home buyers that are looking to refinance. So I have an opportunity to work with them on a daily basis, refinancing and helping them meet their goals as far as home ownership. I also, for the last 10 years, have been teaching continuing education classes with the real estate school, Um, I'm also an instructor at Temple University for their investment classes, and I've also been branded as mortgage mom. Basically, I like to treat my clients like family, guiding them through the process from beginning to end. A lot of people will say, well, is it because you have a lot of kids? No, I have one child. Well, he's not a child anymore. He's 22 years (laughs) old. And, um, but basically, you know, mortgage mom comes from taking care of my clients. That's right. Most of my clients have been with me. I've been in the business for 25 years. Right. Started when I was 11. (laughs) Thanks. I'm kidding. Um, But I'm also ranked as a five-star professional in the mortgage industry since 2015. So I'm very proud of all the accomplishments. I'm also very proud to be here with you today. Going into our 11th year on the radio, which I think is amazing.
1: It is amazing. And time flies, man. It does fly. It does fly. It does fly. And Deanne does a great job. Like, I, if I have clients that somebody wants to buy, I just turn them over to Deanne. She gets them pre-approved. Everything's done. When they got their tax returns, everything's in. She calls me up and says, they're good to go. And then I show them houses. And it's usually very simple. Me, I had a weird career. I got into real estate, came out of city government I worked at city council, and then somebody said, you should get a real estate license. So I got a real estate license. Next thing I know, a couple years in, I'm running an office, then I'm running a couple offices, and then I ran a, a couple, I opened the first Weikert in Philly with somebody, opened the first Carol Williams in Philly with somebody, and then I got, fell into a real estate school, uh, and I started a Did real Did you get st- hurt? No. When you fell
2: into the real estate school?
1: And then, you know, we, we we were on the radio for a while, and then I opened one school, and, and then I opened another school. Now I run, what I do for a living, I coach brokers, realtors, agents, a couple of people outside of real estate.
2: Now, you're an amazing coach when it comes I, to that.
1: I own, I run four real estate schools. Uh, I run a Remax office in Philadelphia, in Mount Airy. Uh, what else do I do? Oh, I sell and so i got about a lot of jobs but i try to and they do the radio show but i try to like stay in the 80 20 to 20 percent, which we're we'll talk about on this show one week and uh time just flies by and we've been doing this show now this is our 11th year yeah and we kind of like stick to the same format and try to keep people informed
2: i think Uh, we both have a lot in common where it comes to no, our main goal is being able to educate and help people, because if you don't have an educated client and you're just trying to sell them something, you're not going to be in business for very long.
1: No. And when we first started out, we were in the worst real estate market in history. <laughs> so uh, and my original idea was a cable TV show called right. Good News. Right. Right. And they all looked at me like I was nuts. Like nobody's gonna watch that. So then, when the radio thing came along, we came up with the slogan "All positive, all the time." Because when you're at the bottom, there's only one place to go up. So I stayed focused, ran an office, and here we are, 11 going in our 11th year. It's a lot of shows.
2: It is a lot. I of actually shows.
1: got every script. From- from every show, so I don't know. We're like six hundred and some shows we did, yeah. and we've been. But they, it all. It was funny. This guy said I used to listen to Jay lamont It reminded me of Jay Lamont. I, I, a guy actually actually got back to him and said that, uh said that you know that's who I took over for originally. Right. So
2: and it's funny because people people know ride. who he is, and it's been it's been a great ride, and I'm looking to continue and and just build for the future. <laughs>
1: I'm doing the same thing. Like, my school's growing. I got great teachers. Uh, They're very loyal. They're very good instructors. I don't teach every class like I used to in the beginning. I come in, I do coaching sessions. I try to give, I try to make my school a little different and try to give them like a head start, like what I wasn't told. Like, my first broker said to me when I got my real estate license, he said, Good luck. Go get them. Right. That was it, man. Yeah. It was like no training, no nothing. Five, You know, figure it out on your own. So I go in in every class and I give them a little coaching session on the business. So at least they saw
2: it once. Right. You know? And I like the fact that you give me the opportunity to come in and talk to your students as well because yeah. there's there's a lot of information that people don't know about the mortgage industry. Even realtors today that have been in the business even 20 years. I'm not asking everyone to be a mortgage expert, but they basically need to know a little bit about the process, a little bit about what's needed, because we're working as a team. So if we set up the client the right way, it's just going to be a win-win for every person.
1: There's no doubt about it. So our goal here at 1210 from now on is to keep our listeners informed. Hopefully we'll have loyal listeners. And uh, some of the best compliments I ever got about us uh, a friend, good friend of mine said to me one time, he goes, I listen to your show and sometimes I just picture you and Deanne sitting around a table talking. And that's uh, one of our better compliments.
2: I thought the one compliment we got was that we have a face for radio. <laughs> I've gotten that <laughs> one a lot.
1: <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it's, it's been a, a real run here and no, it's been fun and now we're at this gorgeous no, it's studio great. at 24th and market this place is amazing we have a great engineer frank it's been he's been making things comfortable for us Yep. i'm i'm looking forward to a good run here so
2: all right so perfect so what? now that we've bored them to death with us <laughs> all right coming up next is our topic of the day disclosing problems when selling your house
1: All right, so that was interesting. So with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate on Talk Radio, 1210 WPHT,
0: all positive, all the time. We'll be right back. This week's edition of Good News in Real Estate with Deanne Katsaros and Mark Cumberland is proudly being provided by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Deanne and Mark will return in just a moment. But first, a message from one of our home team partners, Green Tree Mortgage. How much do I qualify for? Check it out at greentremortgage.com. All
1: right. Welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on talk radio, WPHT 1210, all positive, all the time. So that was interesting, Dan. So where are we at now?
2: I'm glad you got to talk about yourself. Of course it was interesting. <laughs> what, are you kidding? Yeah, right. <laughs> all right. Come on, I got to make up for all the times that you screwed up my segment.
1: Well, that's going to happen again anyway.
2: I know, just give you time. So, so we are we up to the topic of the day. Right. Disclosing problems when selling your house.
1: And, and this is important. I mean, when you sell a house by law in Pennsylvania a residential deal you're supposed to fill out a seller's disclosure and in this seller's disclosure it's they're they're making it more complicated all the time you know you're not you're not supposed to be a general contractor or electrician or a plumber you're supposed to honestly answer like five pages worth of questions about your house
2: how old's the Uh, heater does it leak
1: yeah so you know do you know of any problems is a roof leak right whatever and you're supposed to fill this out. And then when the buyer puts an offer in on your property, they're by law supposed to sign this seller's disclosure with the agreement of sale. Now, sometimes that doesn't always happen. People list the house. They gave the seller the seller's disclosure to fill out. And the house sold before they even had a chance to fill the damn thing out. So, but let's go over what you're supposed to do. So you're supposed to disclose anything like major that you're supposed that's wrong with the property. You know, if you got some chipping paint and little things here and there, no big deal. A little leak under the sink or something. You're going to get a home, most people are going to get a home inspection. But if you have major flooding in the basement, you have major leaks in the roof, uh lead paint, if you're aware of it, and a lot of houses in Philly have lead paint because Anything, anything prior to seventy eight had right. lead, lead paint in it. Uh, it's probably been painted over a hundred times, but uh, you know it, it's a, you're arrest. Most sellers won't know if they have lead paint or not
2: until the kids start yeah. eating the wall. And, then, and
1: uh, well, it's only a problem if it's chipping and you're sure. letting it lay around. Uh, and one of the things though are are you located in a floodplain? Like if if you're in a floodplain, that can be an issue because. The people are going to have to get flood insurance,
2: and the cost of the flood insurance could be is, is really high. bad now.
1: I mean, there's been deals I've seen die in Philadelphia along the river because the flood insurance turned out to be like eleven hundred a month. Yeah, and that's low. Yeah, and so like all, all of a sudden, you know, you got a, a fourteen hundred dollar a month mortgage, and you want to buy this house, and it turns out it's in the floodplain, right. which you can check online on a map if you googled it.
2: Or the loan officer can also uh, help.
1: You. I just we just had a weird one that it was right on the border, that uh, it was questionable if it was in the flood plot or not. But if it was, you're talking big bucks. But anyway, most states require that these disclosures are done to protect these consumers. And then you know, are you aware of anything else? You know, and you can't lie on this. You're supposed to tell the truth. You know, if you hide something, this is the buyer's protection. This is what they'll show up in court with in front of your honor, and it turns out, like uh, the worst one I know of, years ago, there was one that uh, it was termite infested. The realtor was involved, the termite guy was involved, uh. and the contractor were all involved and knew this house was termite ridden, and... They went down, they, how they found out, they went down and they had a screwdriver and they just hit a joist and it just went right through. Sure. They hollowed it out. And uh, anyway, this is what they show up in court with saying that they said there was no termites and they knew. And that's how it, and you end up in suing. But like poor electrical problems, mechanical problems with heating, air conditioning, mostly in the major systems. If you're aware it, there's radon gas or asbestos, you're supposed to disclose. But It's to protect yourself. Buyers and sellers, brokers, they need to be aware of these laws in their states, and most states have it now. It's not in commercial, though. It's not in commercial, Uh, mostly residential. In commercial, you got to do your own due diligence. But in residential, you have to read the disclosure carefully. And I never, when I list a house, I never fill them out for the seller, like because I. Because then may- you
2: become liable.
1: Why? Well, yeah, I don't want my fingerprints on it. I say you you fill it out, and you know, and get it to me asap. Don't mess around because you don't want to. You know, once in a while you'll have you know some seller that says, "Why can't you just ask me the questions?" No, take your time, fill it out, sign it. Because when soon as somebody buys wants to buy your house, they're going to ask for this, and I got to have it. So we so everything's legit, and they know they're not walking into any serious problems. But it, it's 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 required, and it's a good thing. And most people, you know, just be what, careful when filling discourse.
2: it out, and and talk to the realtor about it, right?
1: And and your agent should coach you on this awesome. if you have a good agent.
2: All right, very good. And coming up next, Mark, is our segment with Doctor Abelson, and his topic is the tree versus the forest syndrome.
1: Oh, really? So, Doctor A, he's on the phone. I am very good, Doctor.
3: How are you? I'm fine. How are you guys? So, tell me about this topic. Well, it's interesting what we find, and I think a lot of people experience that they when they're trying to hire somebody, right. They may use assessments or psychological assessments to figure the person out, and then they may even have a benchmark to uh, to go by, and then they hire them, and then they forget they exist. So what what I call that is the tree versus the forest syndrome. In other words, you look at one tree instead of looking at the entire ecostructure. All
1: right. So explain right. it a little so bit. Make that
3: simpler. Well, what... Sure. What what people need to do is they can't just use psychological assessments just for the hiring process. They need to use be able to use the same assessments or different assessments to effectively onboard people and bring them online, okay, so they can establish a relationship with somebody else within the organization, i.e. typically their manager, okay? And then once you've established that relationship, then you have to be, you should be able to use the same assessments, to figure out how to more effectively manage them, lead them, motivate them. And then you also need to be able to use the same assessments to show them how to more effectively interact with people other than their supervisor that they're working with. So ideally, you're actually looking at the entire forest. You're not just looking at one individual, but you're looking at the system that you've put them in within the organization. Right. Now, I know I use your tools a lot, and... All
1: my agents, I dissed them all. I, I know what their profiles are. I kind of know who's who a little bit, and uh, and it's very helpful to understand. And it binds you with them too. To and, and down the road, you understand some of their motives. You know, and 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 that understanding those kind of things keep the culture in in good shape in your office. And the culture, to me, the culture is the most important thing.
3: Absolutely. And and what's interesting to know, most people don't realize this, and we've talked about this uh, previously, is that there's over 30 different DISC assessments out there. So a lot of people get a DISC assessment, but they they don't realize or understand that the DISC measures behaviors, okay? And it just measures behaviors. It doesn't measure anything else. And... Not all disk assessments are created equally. In fact, there no, are a few not. that actually are are compliant with deep employment opportunity law, meaning that you can use them for hiring and they don't and they have demonstrated evidence they don't discriminate uh, on on age or gender or the different particular specifications. But more importantly, you need to be able to measure more than just behaviors when you're hiring somebody. You need to understand what motivates those behaviors. You need to understand whether they're going to fit into your culture. And just by looking at behaviors, that doesn't give you that information. So one of the neat things that that I know, Mark, you do is you use an assessment that we have that looks at both behaviors and motives. Okay, so you can get a feel for what is underlying those behaviors and how people can be uh, more effective understanding. It's interesting. In a team, you want people with different behaviors, okay, because they bring different behavioral strengths to the team. But when you have a team, you want people to have similar values. That's right. Because if they have different values, that's where the conflicts come in, right? So it's important to understand if they have different values okay how you can get them to understand each other and that's another thing that you can do if you have a quality assessment that helps them understand what's underlying the behaviors not just the behaviors all
1: right well we'll have to get in on again but like we're going to have you on every week and hopefully the audience will understand what we're talking about that these are tools (laughs) in business and and also in your personal life too if you understand who you are things go smoother
3: so, doctor, And it's not just business. We sell them to a lot of nonprofit organizations as well. So, I mean, churches use them. You know, other types of organizations use them. So it's not just business-related because people are people. All right, doctor. Tell them how to get a hold of you real fast. It's Abelson, A-B-E-L-S-O-N, at abelson.net, or just go to www.abelson.net. All right. Thank you, doctor. Very good. All thank right. you, Dr. A. All right. Talk to
2: you. All right, if you have any questions, you can email them to Mark at 8029 at Comcast.net or give them a call at 267-266-5501. 50-501. You can also email me at DeanneKitzaris at Comcast.net or give me a call at 609-605-7153.
1: All right, a special thanks to all of our listeners and sponsors for keeping us on the air here. So with that,
2: have a great week. I'm Mark Cumberland. I'm Deanne Katsaris, your mortgage mom.
1: You've been listening to Good News in Real Estate on Talk Radio at 1210.
2: All positive, all the
0: time. Thanks for listening to Good News in Real Estate, a Jacob Media production. If you're interested in learning more about the power of the radio hour, contact Joe Kraus at 267-261-3428. This program is a paid commercial announcement and in no way represents the views of WPHT or its management.